welcome back to another episode of JR Takes. As always, Ryan and I, per usual, coming at you with some Seattle sports news. And uh, Ryan, a little bit of uh, what we expected last Sunday uh, against Buckle Up and, and, and Gang. But Yeah, I feel like it just, we did what we needed to do and nothing more. Um, I thought, I think I predicted. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I think I predicted we were going to blow them out, and we really should have. I mean, you take away some of the just boneheaded mistakes that Geno made and DJ Dallas fumbling the ball, and this is probably a three-score win on our mm-hmm. half. Um, the red zone issues are are kind of starting to frustrate me a little bit that we haven't been able to score better. So uh, I think that's got to go on Shane Waldron to do a better job. But uh, the fact of the matter is the defense gave the Cardinals basically no chance to win this game. I mean, even, even when we were up 14 to 10, I was like, this is over. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're just not going to be able to score again unless we throw a pick six. Uh, they just could not move the ball. Um, and we get out of the game just looking back at it saying, yeah, we missed some opportunities, but it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of I don't know if you remember this game but it was 2014 and we were playing the Raiders during Derek Carr's rookie year and the Seahawks were just super injured that game and ended up winning by like one score or like 10 points similar sort of I think of I do remember that game yeah. Where, yeah it was like a bad Raiders team and we beat them but you didn't really feel good about it but when you're really when you're as beat up as the Seahawks were this last week you know where you're playing your fifth different offensive line combination of starters in Mm -hmm. six games i mean that would sink most teams look at the giants look at some other teams around the league i mean our division rival the 49ers they were just down one starter in trent williams and they lose to the fucking vikings which we'll get more on that later yeah that was a huge result but uh you're definitely right there about the offensive line i feel like maybe they were playing well not maybe they were playing above expectations um you know playing better than they than we expected them to and i think finally they came back down to earth a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh but i don't know i'm i'm waiting to see when we're when our line is healthy again i i feel like that is maybe the best position group on the team outside of corner well and one thing that has not really been brought up too much because it hasn't materialized yet is we have Jason Peters coming into the lineup eventually. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's in his 40s. He's not the player that he once was, but I I still would probably take an aging Jason Peters over a guy like Stone or Jake Curhan. No offense to those players, but I mean, this is a Hall of Fame offensive lineman we're talking about Where did here. Peters play for most of his career? Uh, man, it's hard to remember because it's been so long. Like the guys from like the 2003 NFL draft or something <laughs> like that. or Maybe even further back than that. I'm not sure. That but, makes uh, sense, yeah. Um, he was on the Cowboys last year. He was on the Eagles for a long time. I, I, it's hard to remember. He's been yeah. like, because he signed like one of the first mega deals I had seen for an offensive lineman back in like 2010. Uh huh. And I remember that was big news. So the, the guy's been around. Um, but he played relatively well for the Cowboys just a year ago. So mm-hmm. he's hopefully has something left in the tank. And if nothing else, it's it's good depth. But, um, yeah, we're going to get uh, Evan Brown back in the lineup this week, and Damian Lewis is back. Not sure on Phil Haynes, but this last week against the Cardinals, we had a rookie center and a rookie guard with a, you know, fifth-round draft pick at right tackle that normally plays left tackle. We had 
uh, well, Charles Cross was back in. I guess he's a regular starter. So him mm-hmm. and the, the left side of the line was in starter shape. But from center to right tackle, it was a complete, you know, mismatch of <laughs> yeah. rookies and late draft picks. And it's frustrating, too, because I just want there to be a game, finally, where both offense and defense can click and be in sync with one another yeah because i feel like we will blow teams out if that is the case yeah yeah i totally agree and I, it's bound to happen eventually here and i think we were close to it this last game but uh man you gotta be thankful that the defense has come alive the way it has because we could be two and four easily right now if if it hadn't i think this is the best defense since the uh probably the 2014 season you could argue 2015 but that was the that was the the downturn of the defense that defense was still absolutely lethal but they had a clutch problem in 2015 yeah remember all those games we lost in the fourth quarter when we had like a 10 or 12 point lead i still blame carrie williams for about 80% 80% oh, I forgot about him. He sucked. <laughs> yeah, he was awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. But uh yeah, um we, you know, showed buckle up the business and, and mm-hmm. took care of it against the Cardinals and we're exactly where we want to be. Um it's a shame we didn't beat the Bengals because we'd really be in a good spot right now, but um the gimme games on our schedule, so to speak, are over from here on out there's not a single game i'm looking at where i say oh that's an easy win from here to win the season i think we should beat the browns i think that they're i think they're kind of overrated they should have lost to the colts last week yeah i mean i i agree with you they they have one of the worst offenses in the league they're down to pj walker at quarterback and their regular starter Deshaun watson has not even played well at all when he's been in uh you know nick chubb out for the year and then their backup, Jerome Ford, I believe is his name. He's not going to play this week. Oh, he's not? Yeah, and Kareem Hunt is banged up as well. Who's so, going to play running back for I, them? I don't know. Are they going to wow. get Leonard Fournette off the street? That would, I mean, pull the cheeseburger. you're a funeral if you want to grab him. But. Pull the cheeseburger out of his mouth and make <laughs> him run the ball? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that offense is really, really, uh, you know, lacking of top-end players, but they do have Amari Cooper. I can't think of another dangerous weapon on their offense. Like, Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't really going to get a lot of people fearful. Yeah, well, and I just, I look at it like, okay, the Seahawks offense versus the Browns defense. I would take that over the Browns offense over the Seahawks defense. You know what I mean? I I feel like we're, uh, we've got the better overall personnel on, on both sides of the ball. My thing is, if our offense plays the way it did last week against the Browns this next week, we're going to win the game like 10-3. to <laughs> Because this Browns defense is possibly the toughest unit we're going to face all year. Miles Garrett is playing like a man possessed. He is probably the front runner right now for Defensive Player of the Year. He almost single-handedly won the game against the Colts last week blocking a field goal, getting, I don't know how many sacks, and just really impacting the game. And mm-hmm. if you look at the advanced metrics, he's winning his uh, pass rush reps at an elite level. I think the only guy that's doing it at a higher clip is Max Crosby mm-hmm. for 
that guy makes no sense how he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they have playmakers all over the field on defense, and it's it's going to be tough moving the ball. I mean, even getting to 350 yards of offense against them this week will, will be a win, in is, my opinion. Is uh, Charbonnet going to be healthy? I'm not sure, but a guy who is practicing this week – little Kenny McIntosh. Oh, really? Back on the field, yeah. Good to have Kenny back. He's been out since, what, week one of the preseason? Yeah. yeah. He didn't even get any because he, he hurt himself in a mock game before yeah. the preseason. So it's been like almost three months. Damn. Which is funny because Pete Carroll was like, yeah, he got banged up a little bit. He'll be out a couple of weeks. Here we are like 12 weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Pete Carroll injury report. Yeah. But – not yet. Not sure about um, Zach Charbonnet's status for this game. I don't know if he practiced today, but if he can't go, having Kenny back in the lineup will really help take the load off of the other Kenny, K9, because he's been having a phenomenal season, but we don't want to be giving him 26 carries every game like we did this last weekend. I think that's why, in my opinion, I think that's why he's played so well is because we've been using him we haven't been giving him too much workload you know yeah and i that's why he's kind of stay i, I would imagine stayed healthy since coming off of that injury uh, yeah in the i think of the, year. the sweet spot for uh kenneth walker is like 16 carries a game because mm-hmm. he can get 100 on 16 carries he's, yeah he's that explosive the run blocking has not been there for the last four weeks though mm-hmm. it's, it's been it's been tough whenever we're in, we're in a obvious running situation the last few weeks so hopefully we can get that cleaned up a little bit, but it's not getting any easier this week. This this is going to be a true test for our, our offense. However, Pete Carroll tends to really coach us up when we're going against a tough opponent. So I just hope we don't take them lightly because they're playing a backup quarterback. That's my only fear for this game. And I, w- I want to see a good game from Geno. I, I do wanna too. I want to see a bounce back Geno Smith game. I've, I'm, I'm predicting that he does have a good game and he is borderline the reason we win the game you know with Gino, he's been playing in a lot of ways better than he did for much of last year but he's been having a couple of mistakes a game that just out you know outshine his yeah performance. exactly because yeah. the mistakes are so frustrating because they're at the worst times like in the red zone on third down in places where you can't be taking sacks or throwing picks he's been doing that and mm-hmm. that's you know a little uncharacteristic for him but it's not really if the the whole body of work he's been putting out there has been quite good this mm-hmm. season. Especially like think of the throw to Noah Fant he had against the Cardinals last week. That was a fucking dime. Mm-hmm. You'll only see a handful of quarterbacks in the league even attempt a throw like that. So Gino has that top tier arm talent in this league, but yeah, his de- his decision making and just overall seeing the field and seeing who's open last few weeks it's been a little iffy at times so i hope he he needs to clean that up this week yeah i would agree with you and i just i don't know i when i see gino though i i'm not seeing like like zach wilson mistakes or like no. like gino is a smart quarterback and he 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 knows how to play the position well so i think that's kind of why i'm expecting him to have this bounce back game is because he had a he had a great season last year and he doesn't even look like the same quarterback. I know we've said it a thousand times, but the quarterback he was in New York, he's just not even that guy anymore. Yeah. And so 
yeah, I'm just I'm confident going into this weekend, and I, I especially after watching last week's game, some of the throws I saw PJ make, uh, we will intercept those balls and yeah. we will take advantage and force turnovers uh, against a quarterback. Like it's that. gonna take PJ Walker to play the best game he's ever played of football at any level <laughs> to win because our secondary is lethal and. The pass rush has come alive. The run defense is tops in the league. He's down a bunch of running backs. It's it's going to be really hard on him, and he has he has not played well. I think uh, according to PFF, he's actually the thirty fifth ranked quarterback out of thirty five quarterbacks that they've ranked. What? <laughs> That's <insane>. yeah. <laughs> hey, keep in mind, there's only thirty two teams. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what what happened to uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson? They is just, he just cut? He's on the team, but he's just not ready for for live action against yeah. starters, and that was clear in the game that he played, which is unfortunate because he really lit it up in the preseason. But that goes That's to show so weird because you have a guy like Bajent come <laughs> in and just like throw for like eighty percent completion percentage. Yeah, that he looked so random. Uh. I don't know. The NFL makes no sense, man. That's all I've learned. This has been the most chaotic season I can remember, where there's like no consistency week to week. Like players that you expect to do great have shitty games, and then the opposite of that happens. And yeah, I think I feel like because we grew up with like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, like the NFL was so consistent. Like yeah. those were the two good teams in the AFC. Everyone else kind of was a crapshoot. But now it's like, you know, well, you have Mahomes, but I don't know. I'm not sold on them winning the Super Bowl again this year. Yeah, what's weird about the Chiefs this year is I honestly think their defense has looked a lot better than their offense on the whole. Mm -hmm. Like, that defense that they're fielding is a championship defense, which well, could carry Mahomes through a not-so-great season. And they've got Spags over there uh, coaching them up, so that's also... Kind Man, of that guy is that, ancient. That I I know. <laughs> <laughs> he looks the same though. Yeah, like, it's, it's weird. Yeah, some guys hit like forty six and then look that way till they're seventy. It's, <laughs> it's it's really strange. Yeah, but the um, Browns. I say it's going to be a tough test, but I think we pull this one out. Um, seventeen to nine. That's a good. I like that score. Uh, winning by eight points. They. Maybe they get the ball late in the game. We run it a couple times. They use up all their timeouts, get the ball left with like a minute 14, and then just throw an interception game in. I like that. I yeah, could go I'm going to say 17 to 9 also. <laughs> all right. But, but specifically, that's how it's going to end is with a pick. Going even deeper. I like it. Yeah. I like it. A uh, couple little bits of news throughout the week. Uh, I guess let's get the bad news out of the way. Uchenna Nuosu out for the season with the torn pec muscle. Ah, I was not sure if it was a torn. Yeah, or... it's it's crazy because after the game, they just, you know, it seemed like a pretty mild thing, but then they go in there and do the MRI, and it turns out it's something that requires surgery. And he said today he'd try, he's going to try to get back for the playoffs if we make it, which we'll get to this in a bit later. It's looking very good for our odds to make the playoffs as mm -hmm. long as we, you know, win games. But anyways, um, yeah, hopefully he can make it back, but... In response to that unfortunate news, we made a little signing today in bringing back former Seahawk Frank Clark on the edge. What do you think? I love the move. Um, I know you said earlier today you wanted Chase Young or us to make a move to go after him, but 
I like Frank Clark better because Frank Clark has, even though we're playing 3-4 now as opposed to 4-3 back when we had him, he knows Pete Carroll, and he mm. knows the system well, and they know him. Well, and Pete knows how to get – I mean, look at what Jerron Reed did his last year with us and is doing with us again this year, and look what he did in between on other teams. Yeah, so. it's not a secret that Pete brings out the best of, in in his players. And, I, yeah, the Frank Clark signing, I think there's no one better to put uh, on our defensive line than him. I think as far as guys on the street that weren't – you know, that were free agents, totally agree. In fact – when he got cut from the Broncos, I was kind—I of, don't know if I brought it up on the podcast, but I—I I was hoping that I didn't even know he back. got cut. So yeah, he—it was not a like huge storyline that was all over the the news or anything like that. But yeah, they—I um, don't know—they just—I think he asked to be released actually because really? they, they just weren't playing him very much, and they also didn't they trade. Um, Randy Gregory. Yeah, to the yeah. 49ers. I don't know what the fuck the Broncos are they doing. They must dude. just be in all full send we want Caleb Williams mode. Like Yeah. Which, which they probably will get him cuz they suck. <laughs> it's funny though cuz they just beat the Packers. <laughs> so Yeah, the Packers who, are so bad. They look terrible. Yeah. And I guess now let's just uh I think that pretty much covers the the main news that happened yeah. so far this week. But look at let's talk about the landscape of the NFC playoff picture right now. Because dude, this conference sucks. There's a lot of bad teams in the NFC this yeah, year. Yeah, the Lions lost. That was embarrassing. Oof. And they are not for real. I'm kind of worried about that <laughs> Ravens game. I've I've always looked at that with a little bit of caution, but. Their defense, combined with Lamar Jackson playing the way he has been, that's going to be a very tough outing. Yeah, it's going to be annoying for sure. And the Ravens just are, they are always just like a, they are going to play you tough. Yeah. No matter who they're going up against. It's funny how that Ravens-Steelers dynamic of like really good, tough defenses and, you know, just that vibe of... You know, you're you're playing the Steelers or you're playing the Ravens. Like this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. That has persisted for like 14, 15 years. I kind of like different coaching regimes, quarterbacks, players. Yeah, and I kind of feel like we're sort of getting that identity with Pete. Like, kind of we have that. I I don't know if it's a target, but I just feel like whenever remember in the past when when we would like play really tough games and we'd be like why is this shit team playing like they it's like this is their super bowl they're trying so fucking hard to beat us and it's just like a random like exhibition against the commanders or something like that yeah that has always kind of been a thing for seattle like ever since we got really good i feel like teams have been giving us their best shot because we have that target on our back for whatever reason and i i just i feel like it's sort of a similar like vibe to the Ravens and the Steelers when you play us. It's like, oh, this is going to be probably a... Uh, I mean, I guess you can't really say that in years past about our defense being tough, but now I feel that way. Yeah, we and, we are bringing some elements of the boom back. Uh, quick aside, I finished the Season of Boom documentary. How? Where is it? It's just all on the Seahawks YouTube channel. But okay. It, if any Seahawks fan that lived through that experience, like, Man, it it almost makes you emotional watching that. Yeah, I'm excited to to check that out. I it's, saw the first episode. But. It's really great, and then you're it's like it's like you just watched like season six of Game of Thrones, and you're like, oh, that was awesome. And then you think about what happens 
after, the next year. And then it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good comparison. Game of Thrones correlates to the Seahawks 2013-2014 season yeah, that's, very well. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. Uh, but uh, anywho... We are definitely reestablishing that dominant identity on defense, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Devin Witherspoon right now is he's like leading the charge. Yeah, it's he awesome. looks like the best player on our defense, and it's like his fifth game. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird, and he's like what 180. Yeah, it doesn't. He make just any sen- sent Rondell Moore like flying through the air on that hit yeah I, I that was one of the biggest hits i've seen in years yeah and the craziest thing is like i didn't have a single spreadsheet telling me that that was gonna happen <laughs> sorry austin <laughs> um yeah so it we are definitely finding that identity on defense um i'm curious to see how we hold up in the run game without uh uchenna because he was setting the edge yeah like he wasn't really getting that many sacks so far this year, but he was one of our top players in run defense, and that's a huge weakness of Daryl Taylor. So I'm hoping that, A, we play Derek Hall a lot more and that he is able to set the edge better than Daryl Taylor or Frank Clark can or something because if teams realize that that's a weakness on our defense, they're going to exploit it, and they're going to run at wherever Daryl Taylor is all the time, and it's going to suck. Yeah, but I I don't know. I th- You think losing one guy is going to make our defense crumble i don't i I don't think it's going to make it crumble but like we are the best run defense in the league right now yeah i'm saying the uchenna injury could perhaps sink us to like cause a little bit of a setback best or sixth best you know what i mean it's fair um but it remains to be seen what the impact of that is going to be but looking at the dynamic of the nfc right now I feel like the Rams and the Vikings look like the other two teams that are going to make the wild card spot. If if unless we win the division, um, well, and I don't know if you've seen the Vikings' upcoming schedule. They play like horrible teams for the next like six weeks. Yeah, and they just—I mean, with a little better execution, they could have beat that 49ers team by two scores. Yeah, you know, Kirk just barely misses Addison for another touchdown. I don't know if you saw that play. Oh, I watched the whole goddamn uh, game. I watched half of it like while I was at the gym and I was kind of like freaking out at plays <laughs> in public, but I'm like, I don't care. This is exciting. Um <laughs> uh, anywho, um the 49ers have dropped two in a row. Brock Purdy is going to miss this next game because really? he's he's in he's in concussion protocol. He got a concussion on that quarterback sneak, and just they didn't catch it during the game. Mm -hmm. So Sam Darnold, Sammy Darnold, Mr. Seeing Ghost Sam Darnold is going to be out there. And, hey, if he performs just as well as Brock Purdy, the plus side of that is it will help my narrative that Brock Purdy sucks. But, I I mean, honestly, I don't really care about that. I want him to play bad so the 49ers (laughs) lose. But you look at that 49ers schedule. They're playing the Bengals this weekend. They play some tough teams in the coming weeks. They're getting, they're starting to lose the injury luck that they've been having. And I mean, they looked unbeatable and like runaway NFC West champs a few weeks ago. And now I'm like, we're only a half game out of this thing. It is funny how like the injury bug always comes to home to roost. Yeah, it's like, like the Grim Reapers always coming yeah. to like each team's door. <laughs> I know because we were just talking about two weeks ago before the Browns game how they were like, how are they getting this lucky with no one getting hurt? Yeah, and now it's like 
three of their star players are gone. Number one is Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah, and then so you had the Buccaneers losing to the Falcons. The Falcons might make the playoffs this year. If we're a wild card team, and let's say we're the fifth seed, we would play the fourth seed, which would be a team like the Falcons. That is almost like a first-round bye. We would fuck them up because <laughs> the only strength they have is their run game. That's what our defense is elite, is yeah. the best at. Desmond Ritter is awful. He is terrible. Mm-hmm. So And their defense isn't very good. So I, I'm really glad we did not draft Desmond Ritter yeah. like a lot of Seattle fans wanted us to. I thought he might have a little bit of something, but I did not like the way he threw the ball. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, like a weird critique of someone, but his throwing motion just was kind of gross to me. Yeah. And I didn't really like it. And that has proven to be a factor because he's been pretty inaccurate in, in the league. But, um, yeah, we had the Packers losing. The Saints lost to the Jaguars. The Rams lose to the Steelers on a horrible call, which normally so I would bad. take that opportunity to talk shit about the refs. But I'm praising the refs because fuck the Rams. The Steelers are so fucking weird. Yeah, they're the grossest 4-2 and two team I've ever seen. It's remember, just like, are you guys start good like, or not? Why are you beating good teams? Yeah, and didn't they start like 11-0 and 0 a few years ago and then just like completely collapse because yeah, they were never good? Yeah, that was the good. game that Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> lost and then he was just sitting on the bench like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's just Tomlin is like a great coach or, or you know, TJ Watt is a great player. It's probably both of those things, but that team isn't good. You can't convince me that that Steelers team is going to go anywhere in the playoffs. But I don't they understand will probably why they're there. not good, though, because their offense, they have a lot of talented players. They're just... All Dude, of them suck. I, I think something. Kenny Pickett is like one of the worst starting quarterbacks. I think he's in the same tier as Desmond Ritter from from what I've watched. Yeah, I haven't, to be honest, watched too much of Pickett. The only game I did watch of him his was that Ravens game. That was like the worst game. Of the <laughs> oh, yeah. that was an ugly fucking game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else happened this weekend? Because basically every NFC team that we wanted to lose lost. Yeah. So we are in the driver's seat for this thing. If if we win, like, I don't know, the let's just say for the rest of the year we got, what, 11 games less? Even if we go 6-5, and five, we're making the playoffs. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. So I don't know. This season... I guess the reason why I wanted us to get Chase Young is just because, yeah, he's going to cost an asset, but the conference is so weak, you have a good chance to go for it this year. But I do like that we didn't overextend ourselves and just kind of did the safer thing and got Frank Clark. Yeah, yeah. I, I Like I said, I liked that move because of the fact that we didn't have to give anything up, and I didn't even know he was available. So, like... That's awesome that we didn't have to trade for him and kind of cool that Denver didn't get anything for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely love to see that. Uh, But uh, that's pretty much all I got for this one. Got to wrap it up because I got to go to work, unfortunately. Yeah, we're on a tight schedule today. But hope you enjoyed the podcast. Looking forward to seeing those throwback uniforms this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, baby. Or my throwback hot shirt. I unfortunately will not be able to get a throwback Lobo jersey in time, but it will be here eventually. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. We'll uh, catch you on the next one.